friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's time for the podcaster who's I was just thinking about recycling uh, some papers that I have scattered around me uh, that I have to be careful. Like I said, it's time to recycle some paper scoots. Uh, and uh, I recycle my, like if I had jokes, I would recycle them. But I have, they're half cycle. They're like a halfway cycled uh, jokes. Uh, I don't have any cycling jokes either. Uh, like, uh, because I don't, wouldn't even know where to start. Uh, say, well, flat tires. Uh, I don't know, but that might be a punchline. Uh, you'd say stripped gears. <laughs> so if you're confused, if you're, if you're in search of a setup, and it, but you just got a punchline, and uh, or you say, well, there's a setup. You know, once once a, a bike list uh, rides into a bar, uh, you're in the right place because it's time for sleep with me. It's full of incomplete thoughts, incomplete jokes. It's the podcast that puts you to sleep, and these are the ways we're able to be here for you for free twice a week. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, thoughts on your mind, thoughts that you're thinking about. So thoughts, thoughts, yeah, thinking thoughts, Uh, feelings. So anything you're feeling that's coming up for you emotionally. Uh, So thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, Uh, anything maybe you're feeling physically, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. I'm here to take you to, to, to keep you company and take your mind off of it. I guess my mind is uh, bouncing around here, but like I'm here, I'm basically here to to be near your bedside or far away from your bedside, but have my voice uh, within distance that you can just kind of listen to something else. And then I can kind of lightly comfort you, keep you company and take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. Because you deserve a good night's sleep. That's really why I'm here. And to attempt to provide that. And the way I attempt to do it is a little bit different than most stuff out there. And I'll explain all that coming up here. But the first thing I do is I try to create a safe place that you could come visit or I could send it to you or you could look at it from far away. Or move slowly closer or say, okay, that's close enough. Uh, And I I relate to that. If, If my mind hasn't said that, my body has. Or my nonverbal communication or the furrow between my eyes, which is probably my furrow. My, the furrow between my brows has gone verbal. I got a message like uh, from a seismologist. They said, I believe the furrow between your eyes has gone fully verbal. Uh, and I said, great. I said, great. Does that mean it's just still like, uh, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast. I guess I could do that. That could be what the next episode we do. Uh, about my furrow and my brow. I don't know what we'll do about it, but I think I'm going to... Hold on, I'm going to write that down. 
So I guess that's what later on we'll be talking about. I, when I was writing down, I just like wrote it down. You didn't, I cut that out, but uh, then I, I was writing ideas and I said, what about fast and f- furrow, Furious, f- the f- furious furrow at first I thought. And I said, well, that's not very sleepy. And then I said, what about fast and f- furrowous? Uh, and I said, maybe. So we'll see. But so what was it about the f- furrowing man? Oh, it went verbal. Why was that important? I don't know. But I'm here to keep you. Co- oh, because uh, oh, I said that's close enough. I think that's usually my furrow does that. Where it's like says I'm thinking about something, but I'm, I'm not willing to talk about it. Uh, so true, uh, right? You, you, some of you might be able to relate. Uh, if you've been, and then if you're on the receiving end of a furrow, I have resting furrow face, though, unfortunately. I do. Uh, I'm always for, 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 uh, there could be, I wouldn't, we wouldn't need that on a t-shirt because it's already apparent, uh, but it's not, it's not you. It's me, this fur, the furrow up there, it's not you, it's me, but it could be you, but then it would still be me, but it might be you. So if my brow's furrowed, it might not be you, but maybe think about if it is, so then I don't have to talk about it. But that would make it me. So this could be another one of our super long T-shirts that we never sell. So, um, so yeah, there's, so there's that. Uh, um, what was, uh, what was my point? Uh, my, I have a point, the pointed furrow. So whatever's keeping you awake, I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of it because your sleep's important. So yeah, I've got a safe place set aside. Then I'll send it across my voice across the deep dark night. I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, which means I'm going to go off a topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I'll, I'll go back, you know, then I'll forget what I was talking about. You just kind of saw that. Then I'll, you know, then I'll say, what is this? Like uh, f- fur- f- 40 furious furrows, fantastically, uh, I don't know. So, like, uh, fa- 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 frosted French, f- f- some f- French fudge. No, because that's not, that's not a tongue twister. But that's how that's like me brainstorming a tongue twister in the middle of trying to introduce a sleep podcast. So, uh, oh, so if you're new, I'm glad you're here. Let me give you some information because if you're new, you may be skeptical, you may be doubtful, you may be like uh, even, you know, more extreme feelings than that. And uh, so I want to kind of soothe soothe that for you and uh, give you some information. But if, I mean, that's a normal way to come to the show. That's how most people get here because maybe you tried a ton of stuff to fall asleep. Maybe you've been searching for something for a long time. You haven't found anything to help. Uh, maybe you tried a bunch of different stuff out. Maybe somebody told you about this show. You said, what? What is this person talking about? Somebody, that's normal. So don't worry about it. It takes most regular listeners, like fans of the show, in the feedback I get, it takes them two or three tries to get into the podcast. So just see how it goes. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, stuff, like stuff. I mean, the first thing, like I said, the most important thing is you. You deserve a good night's sleep and a place you can rest. You deserve a bedtime you at least feel neutral about, if not that you could look forward to, uh, not one you dread. And you deserve the rest so your life is more manageable. If you're getting the rest you need, your life's going to be better. And that really means the world I'm in is better uh, to be in. If your life's a little bit better and manageable, 
And then if you're out there flourishing, um, yeah, that's important, right? It's important to me, and it, it really is true. Like, you deserve it. Uh, and I've been there. That's the other reason. You say, well, you don't know me. So how do you know? I, and I say, well, because I've been there. I've been on the other side of it, tossing, to, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so I know I'm dreading bedtime. I know how that feels or waking up. I, you know, so if I can help, it's important to me. Now, that's the one caveat. This show just, just doesn't work for everybody. But see how it goes. And a couple of reasons it doesn't work for everybody. One, it's kind of hard at first to listen to a podcast that you're only barely supposed to listen to because your expectation might be, okay, when are you going to put me to sleep or when's the bedtime story going to start or how does this work? And it just kind of works like this. I mean, I will tell a story. I guess tonight will be about my furrowed brow or whatever. Probably won't be that straightforward because my brow, my furrow ain't straightforward. I mean, it's straightforward in its messaging. Like, what if one day someone's like, we elected, like, so that person, Scooter is not the president of the United States. The furrow in his brow is running the country. They elected that. No, not hit. No, not his furrow. There was a different one. Look, they look similar, similar depth and uh, intensity. You say, okay, at least that was a dream Scooter had. Uh, so not, not a dream, like a dream I had, not a dream, I mean, a make a made an imaginary dream. Sorry. Not a dream I aspire, but just a dream that I could have had at night when I was sleeping. Oh, so what was I trying to say? Oh, so this is a show you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention. It's always going and never starting. It's always going nowhere. So just kind of see how it goes. So that's one thing is the show's very different. J- just kind of see how it goes. And, and it's not for everybody, but give it a few tries because not listening to a podcast, it's almost like uh, I'm your friend talking to you in the deep, dark night. I'm not even here, here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company, to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud, your friend in the deep, dark night to keep you company. So that's what my job is. That's what I'm here for. Um, what else do you need to know? This podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. Oh, structure the show. So the show is structured very differently, which some people, it's hard at first, uh, but the show is structured in a way you can adjust it as you become a regular listener, but it's kind of built around the specific goals of the podcast. So this podcast starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something silly or ideally barely, almost witty, nearly witty. And uh, to try to win you over, but also so you feel seen and welcomed in. You say, okay, this is a safe place at least I could check out and look into. So that's the the greeting. Then there's a support for the show because my goal is that the podcast comes out twice a week for free. A lot of hard work has gone into the show since we started it in 2013 to make every single episode but I prefer that the podcast come out for free twice a week so that you can listen and you can listen wherever you want to, whatever podcast app you like. So the sponsors and the listeners who support the show are what enable us to do that. Then there's support for listeners if you're having a tough time. And then there's support for communities around the podcast. Then there's an intro in that we're like 10 minutes into it. And the intro is where I go on and on and on to introduce the podcast. It's separate from the support. It is a show within a show, and it serves two purposes. One, to introduce the podcast to new listeners, but for both regular listeners and new listeners. 
the intro is also part of the wind down or the turn down or like a buffer between being awake and going to sleep. And that's the only thing that's really worked for me is having some kind of wind down routine. And so the the intro is a part of that, right? And uh, it just gives you some space to ease into bedtime. And I guess that's what the intro does. Uh, it's it's a it's a buffer. Uh, some people are listening while they're getting ready for bed. Some people are petting their pets. Some listeners are in bed, like uh, relaxing. Some are asleep. About two percent of people skip ahead to twenty minutes, but uh, uh, many more people listen to uh, story only episodes on Patreon. So it's like uh, kind of yeah, you can kind of see how it goes. There's actually more people that like the like like listening to the intros than the stories uh, in the paid version, but it's pretty close. So just to kind of see how it goes at first, but the the intro at least it'll help. Uh, because uh, this podcast is just not going to put you to sleep instantly. It's here to keep you company and uh, help you drift into bedtime, like landing, like a slow landing strip. So that's the intro. Then there's support between the, the intro and the show. Again, podcasts can come out twice a week for free. And it can support all the work that goes into the show. And then there's the story, uh, which tonight apparently will be about a furrowed brow. I'm going to have to do some research or something. And then there'll be some thank yous at the end of the show. So this is Structure Show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the podcast out, uh, giving me your time. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. It's Scoots here. And this is a, it's going to be interesting. Fast and the Furrow. This is a story about a furrow and a brow. Oh, boy, is it. Uh, and uh, the, it's called Fast and Fur- Fur- Furrow, Fur- Furrow-ish, Furrow, Fast and Furrow, Furious, Furrow, Furrow, Fast and Fur- Furrow, I was trying to say, I'm not doing this as a bit either. I wrote it down. You'd just be surprised that saying it is much harder than writing it. I mean, not spelling it. Furrow, Fury. Us, furrow us, uh, fast and furrow us. Uh, there we go. Feels like it, that's net, but that's the story we're telling tonight. Because once upon a time, there was a, 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 a being, you know, we'll just call, call it, uh, what do you call it? It's like above the bridge of my nose, right? Um, and in the middle of my forehead. Forbridge. Oh boy, there was someone named Br- Forbridge uh, a long, long time ago, and they were a big fan of. Uh, we'll see how much I can remember of the. Uh, it, they were a big fan of uh, b- bikes. Holy cow! Did they love uh, bike riding? And they loved riding their bike. Uh, now they only rode their bike for leisure, though. And that, that, that now, not to say, what was, there, what was the name of the thing? Oh, old uh, Forbridge. Uh, now Forbridge came from a family in a world where that's what you did: is you rode a bike for leisure. And I guess there was a, like a unsophisticated message also broadcast. Uh, because part of, uh, you know, deep down, 
old, uh, what was it? Bridge, bridge, uh, Forbridge, uh, sorry, Forbridge. I just don't, you know, getting names down. It's not my, always my forte, except for Will Forte. That's what I always, if, if you had Forbridge, uh, it should, it should be easy to remember. You'd think it'd be easy to say, just like, uh, fast and furrowous, uh, is now easy to say. But so as old Forbridge, so Forbridge, like, would secretly see people going by on their bikes fast. Uh, we're just talking about bicycles. They lived in a, a bicycle-friendly world. A lot like ours, though. You know, there was other, like, uh, but, you know, maybe maybe it was in a, a different, you know, northern European climb. I don't know. Well, that's short for climate, uh. They think they even have words for it, uh, bikes and pedestrians first. Uh, f- fantasy, that's what part of my brain said. Uh, wonderful fantasy, just like this fiction uh, here. So, but old uh, Forbridge loved riding bikes. Uh, and when they'd be out with the family, the family would scoff at those people going by really fast, even if they weren't going really that fast. And they'd say... You know, bikes are for, for this is for relaxing and leisure. That's why we ride our bikes. Uh, also, as a part of a leisurely experience, you know, we may go get a cone of, you know, if you, do you want to go fast or do you want a cone of uh, creamed ice uh, for bridge? And as a lad, of course, Forbridge would say, well, I'd like to go fast and have ice cream in their head. But they knew better that old mama and papa, uh, Bridge, uh, uh, you know, whatever their names were. I don't know. Mom and Papa Bridge. Uh, in this world, you, your name, don't, don't worry about it. And uh, so for Bridge, you said, well, I'd like both. But they say, okay, I prefer the cream dice. Uh, and you say, okay, well, biking's for leisure, right? And uh, eventually... Like a lot of us, you know, Forbridge would see people going fast. And, you know, is it like uh, the way, you know, Forbridge saw, you know, Mama and Papa were his his heroine and his hero. And they did the best job they could, you know, with Forbridge, uh, which wasn't always easy. You know, the the paths we bike on are not all perfect asphalt, you know. And some of us make an asphalt out of... uh, you know, ourselves and our bikes, and, you know, it's just a part of life. You know, like Papa Forbridge would say, uh, sometimes, you you know, you ride on the asphalt, and sometimes the asphalt, ri- you know, rides on you every once in a while. And until until Forbridge experienced that, he said, what, Papa? I don't, and one day you'll understand. Uh, also, it's a metaphor, and it's not a metaphor, and Forbridge said, okay, Papa, so don't go fast. We ride for leisure. We ride for the love of uh, being in some sort of balance, being propelled forward on a machine that may or may not be efficient. I, I, I heard, I've heard it described in such a way. And they do, you know, they would do things like whistle and hum and, you know, special occasions. They didn't go caroling, believe it or not, the Forbridges. Uh, Forbridge family, they did sing We Are the Forbridge Family, 
on for on the Forbridge for the founding of Forbridge Family Day, but that's that wasn't a major holiday. But they instead of going carol, they would go caroling on bikes. They lived in a climate that was uh, like I said, bike friendly. Like uh, you know, uh, nine months out of the year, I mean, ten or eleven, if you wore a slicker, and you were willing to get a little bit damp or chilled. And so in their holiday season, they would sing, they would go caroling, go a caroling. Uh, and they even tried fancy things like a barreling, but then the Papa Forbridge said, that's too much. Uh, you know, too, we can't associate that with the, uh, fast bikers. Cause how are you going to care because of the uh, Doppler effect? If you were going fast, then caroling would be pointless. And ideally they would do loops, uh, so they were pretty good bikers, even though they were leisure bikers. And if you bike enough, uh, you 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 get used to biking. Like uh, so, Forbridge was always very fit uh, for slow. You know, because sometimes they'd use lower gears. You know, not even going slow, they'd go up and down hills. You know, but deep down, in a place that Forbridge couldn't even see, there was part of Forbridge that wanted to go fast. Of course. And every once in a while, Forbridge would catch some speed on a downhill and feel that thrill. And Papa Forbridge would say, please apply your brakes equally, you know, in the Forbridge way so that we maintain a reasonable pace and control of our bikes. And, you know, what Forbridge did fantasize, one day I'll be, you know, just barely on the edge, uh, wind whipping through my hair. You know, where my even because he, he saw people with their their cheeks would they be going so fast down the hill, their cheeks would be moving. Or, you know, he, he did have some crushes that went by him and their hair was flowing behind them. Maybe even their clothes were billowing. And but for the most part, Forbridge said, uh, like uh, a lot of us, uh, adaptable and, you know, conforms to the family values. uh and so it wasn't like a hard push down in, into the to the subconscious, but before we said, we, we don't go fast. You're right. Uh, and sometimes what happens with that is that uh, you become overly resistant to change, uh, as uh, we've all learned in our own different ways. And Forbridge eventually... And you know, Forbridge had Forbridge's own. They had their own ups and downs, right? So their, you know, their their mama and their papa, they went to ride bikes uh, somewhere, you know, not in northern Europe, somewhere so far north that uh, the bikes probably were made of, you know, clouds or you know, big farm in the sky type bikes. And Forbridge also didn't realize at the time. Uh, that uh, there was unrealistic ideals involved, uh, both with uh, pleasing mom and papa Forbridge, but like living out their the, the the ideals that Forbridge had created were when you know your mind's still developing, and so Forbridge said, okay, like uh, I'm going to dedicate my life to leisure biking and making biking leisurely for everyone, and this going fast or putting batteries on bikes or engines on bikes or making bikes, uh, you know, bike race, you know, bike racing in a contained area on a track. That's Forbridge was like, that's a different world. I ride a bike, uh, outdoors. 
And eventually, so Forbridge kind of knew their calling. They said, one day I'm going to be, you know, bicycle, be BEO, man, bicycle enforcement officer, you know, with the bike squads. Uh, and uh, like uh, Forbridge really thought, I'm living my dream here. I ride a bike. I get paid to ride a bike leisurely. Like I, uh, like I ride a bike leisurely, right? And... Uh, it was actually part of the bike squad's rules. Uh, don't ride fast. Uh, set a good example first. Uh, the car, the great karmic wheel, they called it. Like if someone's riding fast, uh, well, you know, eventually they'll slow down. And the karmic, great karmic wheel of the bike, you know, the great bike and the the bike that uh, on which the spoke on which we all all our lives turn. Or our own internal, you know, find your own internal grips or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot, a lot to, you know, understand about that lifestyle. They didn't have separation of uh, rule, rules and belief systems in this world. So it was like, uh, it was a combo type thing. And uh, was it Nosebridge? Bridge Nose? Uh, bridge, Forbridge four was into it. I said, okay, I'm into this. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not into. And every once in a while, Forbridge would get carried away and go a little fast when they saw somebody going fast, and they wanted them to go slow. And they get called into the boss's office, and she would say, "Forbridge, we've been over this before. Tell me, you know, okay, we believe in the karmic, you know, turning of the wheel, and that everyone must slow down eventually." And. Uh, you know, that, uh, we, you know, we have a system to get them a ticket anyway, so you don't have to go after them or even try to catch up to them, even if it's a, just slightly a faster pace and leisure. But Forbridge, uh, you know, Forbridge was by the book, uh, but not always. And so then Forbridge would get very upset and say, oh, man, I did it again. And every once in a while, Forbridge would, you know, push their bike, uh, and toss it and say, man, I'm sick and tired of this, uh, thing. But, you know, the, 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 the you know, the bigs were watching and then they, they tried to mentor Forbridge, uh, and they say, you know, you got a hot temper kid. You got to get that under control. It's going to eat you up and say, you know, make your wheels go flat. Uh, you know, this one person they try said, you know, I went out on how to stay of the year. My tires melted. When I stopped moving, but if I was moving too fast, they would have melted too. Forbridge tried, did some quick math, on, and they said, wait, what? And, you know, deep down, Forbridge was in conflict, right? Uh, wanted to go fast, uh, wanted to go fast, but couldn't, you know, could, 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 you know, do like, uh, it's not easy living that way, right? But Forbridge was also committed outwardly to this this life, right? Uh, this is my life. Uh, this is what I'm into. But there was one day, uh, Forbridge, you know, after this happened, because uh, then Forbridge thought, well, maybe I'll start running after the bikes. Uh, uh, maybe then I can I can run fast. This is one of the trails Forbridge went down. Uh, so I can run fast, right? Uh, if I can't bike fast, I can run fast. Uh, and, they, you know, a couple of people said, what are you doing, kid? 
you can't run faster than a bike. Uh, you, you're already on a bike moving at a leisurely pace. Uh, you could barely run faster than that. But Forbridge thought about all the lessons he learned from his family and said, uh, wait a second, there's never, no one ever said anything about running fast. Uh, no one's going to tell me no. And Forbridge got into running as a hobby, right? Uh, running fast. Uh, and then actually now this is where you get into mechanical stuff. Uh, Forbridge was also had a very mechanical mind. You know, you learn to fix your own bikes. You learn to, you know, maintain them. And Forbridge learned to make this, uh, like, uh, what do you call that thing? A kickstand. Uh, like he called it a flick stand so that Forbridge could jump off their bike and start running. Now, this is, you know, especially if you're moving at a leisurely pace, don't do this because this is fiction. And uh, Forbridge was, a, you know, a genius. Uh, also wearing a helmet at all times, even when running. But uh, and it had a special bike, you know, with this tubes, so this was easy. So I don't want you to imagine that's just like a regular old 10-speed. This is a fictional world, you know, bike-based belief system and governance. Uh, so, but we're not, that's not what this story is about. <laughs> Thank goodness. But so, like, like when they were, when Forbridge was working, if the time was right, the first couple, like, now Forbridge was slowly built up to this and said, okay, I'm going to be in a running, I'm going to build up my sprint speed, a little bit of distance, but a lot more intervals, uh, whatever that kind is called, where you, Tabata running and all that stuff. Whatever the other one is, Farrell Tech, uh, a lot of intervals and sprints, uh, but again, some distance. Uh, but, you know, Forbridge is more interested in uh, th that one day this is going to come in handy. And uh, also, it was slightly thrilling to run fast, uh, but not, but it wasn't all the way there. So it's kind of like, you know, like, I don't even know. Uh, Going to a candy store and not buying the candy, I guess. Uh, you say, well, I smelled the candy. I tasted a free sample, but only one free sample per guest. Ian Forbridge thought about how they did that a lot as a family and said, wait a second. Uh, but so Forbridge would get, got into this and said, okay, I've invented my kickstand. One day I'm going to hop off my bike while it's moving at a leisurely pace uh, in a safe, 100% safe way that I've practiced over and over and over again. And I'll catch up uh, with somebody and bust them, you know, for whatever, you know, biking without signals, uh, biking, you know, biking, biking in an aggressive manner, B.I., biking in a B.I.A. M's, you know, uh, you know, all that stuff. So then one day that's what Forbridge saw is like someone doing all those things, no turn signals, uh, weaving yelling, spitting, biking in an aggressive manner. And Forbridge said, okay, I'm going to follow at a leisurely pace. It's a pretty busy day. And when they slip up, I'm going to run after them and chase them down and bust them. Uh, because, uh, you know, if I can't, you know, but, you know, it's a conflict. You know, there's two sides to every line or two ends or whatever. 
and Forbridge was trying to live on both of them unsuccessfully, right? Conflict, uh, like uh, trying to pump up the front tire to put air in the back tire. It's not going to happen, kid. No one ever told Forbridge that yet. But so Forbridge chased this person down, right? Uh, and I think that's what they said to them because they actually stopped. They said, did you run after me? They laughed. Uh, Forbridge said, yeah, you're biking in an aggressive manner. And uh, Forbridge, they said, uh, was I? I was just having fun. And Forbridge said, it didn't look like fun to the people like uh, – I said, I was safe. I didn't bump. You know, I just was to like, uh, Forbridge said, what about people that don't enjoy people biking in an aggressive manner? Or, you know, you spit and you said, in the grass, I spit. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I know how to spit in a, a somewhat polite manner that won't please everybody. But that at least is respectful to those people, you know, whatever. Like mostly I was shooting, you spit in the sewer. Forbridge said, I guess you did. And they said, listen, kid, you got to loosen up. You're putting, you're pumping your front tire, you know, inflate your back tire. Don't you see that? Uh, you know, if you ever want to, um, you know, live life, you know, there's a bunch of us uh, that, uh, you know, there's a bunch of us that bike uh, like we're free and, you know, like, you know, you, you know where to find us. uh and uh, they went off. Uh, Forbridge said, wow. And then Forbridge got back to their bike, and the, back to their bike, and there was other bike officers, uh, bike squatters there. And uh, they were like, we're going to have to write you up for this. Uh, you can't just leave your bike. Uh, where were you? Uh, why is your bike? What is this kick? This isn't a regulation uh, kickstand. This is some sort of flick stand. That, uh, is this spring-loaded? And they said, we're going to have to bring you in to meet with the boss again. And they brought up, uh, uh, and, the, and the boss said, what happened? Uh, and uh, Forbridge said, they said, who, they said, sorry, boss, I'm sorry you're so upset you can't say my name. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I was trying to, uh, someone was biking aggressively, uh and I just ran after them. My like uh, I was like, and Forbridge actually n- n- another lesson. Maybe some For- Forbridge told a, a untruth and said I was tying my shoe, and I couldn't get back on my bike in time, and uh, I just happened to run after them um, uh, because. Uh, had, like that's what I found myself doing. They weren't that far. I guess I lost track of time. And yeah, that's a spring-loaded uh, flick stand. I, you know, I was working on it to preserve the life of tires. After you know, remember the boss before you that used to be around here to try to mentor us. Uh, They're always talking about hot pavement. I can't get it out of my head that hot pavement. Uh, and I said, "Is there a way to lift both wheels of the bike off the hot pavement?" And the boss, just, she said, uh, "Wow." I've always thought about, I've always been bothered by hot pavement since uh, those idioms or whatever, you know, were tried to instill in me too. Uh, But I don't know. There's something about your story that doesn't quite add up. Uh, Who did you talk to? Did you write a ticket? 
And uh, who, what was the bike number? And Forbridge realized that they didn't. They said, uh, well, it was like this person, and uh, they looked kind of tough. Uh, they had on a jean jacket with no sleeves on. And uh, on the bike back, it had a patch, uh, and it was called uh, Furl Free or something. And the boss, she said, uh, never, never, interesting. Uh, and uh, you didn't write, you didn't get the bike number or their name or anything. You just let them ride off into the sunset. And, uh, uh, I said, why well, I, I would, you, I guess, uh, I was confused by this because I had been tying my shoe and I had to get back. I wanted to get back to my, you know, my bike. And the boss, she said, I don't know about any of this. Uh, you're going to have to take a week off of work, uh, unpaid. And you could leave your bike here and also give us the plans for the flick stand. Uh, and obviously, like, uh, on the surface to the, you know, low under the surface, uh, for old, uh, Forbridge, this was uh, pretty not great news. Uh, you know, all those of us familiar with stories will say, oh, don't worry, it's all going to work out in an adventure and all that. But for uh, Forbridge, it was like, uh, this was the w- their way of life. You know, it was like, what do you mean? I'm going to lose my job here. Then what? My life has no meaning. I should say this that Forbridge was also devastatingly handsome. And when I say devastatingly handsome, no matter what, you'd say, whoa, man, Uh, whether you were attracted to them or you were feeling like a FOMO, like, man, I wish I like, uh, does that person know? Like, I would like to know what it looks like to to look like that. Uh, But Forbridge really was uh, caught up. That wasn't part of uh, Forbridge was aware of it, uh, but not aware of the power. A bit of aloof, uh, I think, because it would have meant uh, going fast uh, in other ways or something. And so, uh, but Forbridge was out walking with a sense of, uh, like, a puppy dog lost. And, you know, there's nothing more uh, handsome then a handsome lost puppy dog that uh, with steely blue eyes, uh, who's uh, reevaluating, like in the midst, you know, they're in the midst of a personal dilemma that they don't even realize is personal dilemma, a real one that's a call to adventure. And so uh, Nosebridge was walking around, Bridge, Forbridge, sorry. Uh, and eventually they bumped into somebody, and it was somebody wonderful. Uh, and uh, she said, uh, excuse you. And Forbridge said, excuse me. So, sorry about that. Uh, I was just uh, doing some thinking. And uh, she said, that's quite a furrow on your brow there. Uh, what do you think? You must be thinking about something important. Because you look furrowous, uh, and Forbridge was like, what? Uh, and, like, uh, then uh, she made this, for, you know, uh, somehow, uh, 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 like, f- her forehead would not furrow in that way. 
But when she wrinkled her forehead and her dimples came out, uh, you, there's nothing Forbridge could do but laugh because uh, she was also smiling while furrowing her brow. And her eyes, instead of the normal furrow, you know, they lit up. Uh, and uh, like uh, Forbridge could, couldn't think of anything to say. And I don't know if the ability to go, go talk like this comes with a good look, uh, too, but I said, thanks, uh, it needed that. Uh, and uh, she said, no problem, uh, I'm here every day. And Forbridge said, oh, like, is that, it? like, like really? Or are you just saying that, or are you just here today? Because I guess I got the right day. And she said, no, I work on this uh, This uh, shave ice uh, truck is mine right here that you bumped into me in front of us. How about a shave ice? Uh, and uh, Forbridge said, is this, uh, this, this is your, your, your shave ice stand? And she said, it's a truck that's uh, parked here. So, yes, it is. Uh, and uh, Forbridge said, uh, yeah, I'd love one. But how about I come and ha- buy you one after you get off of work? Uh, and she laughed again, the kind of laugh that makes your hair, you know, that makes you, you know, they say, holy cow. And uh, she said, sure, but I'll try, I'll charge you full price. Uh and make sure to tip, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe we could skip the ice and get dinner instead, because I'd probably be hungry for dinner, because even if I have shaved, you know, and, and Forbridge said, okay. Uh, so they went out to dinner, uh, and Forbridge was immediately smitten, and uh, then they went out again. Uh, but there's something, she was busy, and... Uh, Forbridge also noticed that uh, the, the 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 shaved ice business was incredible. It, like the cash flow was uh, monumental for such a small stand, and uh, the you know the, like uh, Forbridge said that's interesting. Uh, and she asked, also was like, "We want to go biking?" And Forbridge said, "No, no, I'm taking some. I'm taking a break." Uh, and she said, why? And Forbes is complicated, family stuff, work stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd be like, uh, and she said, well, uh, you look pretty fit. Uh, and Forbridge said, I am. And then she laughed at that because uh, she said, who says that except for people like uh, that actually are and, uh, she 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 said I I I, I, I like you a lot. Uh, Forbridge said me too, and then Forbridge laughed because Forbridge said uh, I meant you. Like uh, and they laughed together. They kissed, uh, and eventually she learned that Forbridge could run pretty fast while she was like at the same speed for a distance while she was leisurely riding. So they did that for a time, and eventually. Uh, she learned that, uh, you know, Forbridge was, uh, getting ready to go back to work, uh, for bike squad. And she said, you work for bike squad? And Forbridge said, yeah, I did. I don't know if I still will, uh, got into some, you know, and she said, okay, well, but Forbridge said, oh, is that a, like, uh, and she said, it's fine, I guess, uh. 
She said, but I'll tell you what, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to run my shave vice business. I don't want to associate with uh, any of the, you know, governing institutions. So uh, can you do me a favor and not come by, you know, in uniform or, talk, you know, talk about it at all? I'm sorry, but uh, it's just something I could tell you later, maybe one day. And Forbes said, okay, as long as you don't ask me to go fast on a bike uh, when I get back on to ride. And she laughed because she, she said, are you serious? Uh, and Forbes said, yeah, it's a personal. I'll tell you about it one day. And then even though they were both uh, in their own personal dilemma, you know, something, mel- you know, there was, a, there was still an established intimacy there based in truth, uh, but not full knowledge of your own truth. They just, you know, and so then they kissed like a light kiss, but one that, you know, there was like fireworks going off. Holy cow. Like, uh, their hearts had, like, uh, touched one another for, for real, like, uh, and metaphorically. I mean, definitely, only for metaphorically, definitely not for real, because that wouldn't be possible. But, uh, and then the next day, Forbridge went back to work, and they said, uh, did you think about, we, we looked at this thing, you're like, uh, this is amazing stuff, uh, and uh, the boss said, I want to introduce you to a different division, uh, of, uh, the department, uh, and, uh, like, uh, cause you're no longer going to be like riding around and, and doing official business. Uh, you're going to be doing a, a, a official business, but, uh, unofficially and forward said, what? And they said, come on in this, this other division. Uh, this is the, uh, division where people bike fast sometimes occasionally when necessary. And this is pretty drawn out part of the story, so I won't get into it. But basically, they see the the boss said, you know, I, I saw you had an edge, and it takes an edge to work in this department. No one even knows about it. Uh, and officially, since you were, you know, off work, uh, your, your story's going to go to all your coworkers and everybody out there that you've been let go because of, uh, you know, off, you know, using non-OEM parts on a company bike, uh, jumping off your bike and running, go, repeated times going fast. Also, we heard about you throwing your bike around. Uh, so you're no longer going to be, but you will still be like with us as part of the department. You're still a member of bike squad, just member of secret bike squad. And Forbridge said, okay, uh, Sounds cool, actually. So I'll be able to go fast occasionally, like, and then Forbridge met the rest of the department, you know, variety of uh, personality types. You know, the whole thing, very, very archetypal experience, uh, secret bike squad. And there, there, but there's something about it that uh, it felt very... Um, like a lot of the archetypes were not the kind of uh, fuzzy archetypes here. So, you know, that, uh, it was still by the book. It was almost like these people had gotten into secret bike squad because they loathed going fast, even faster than the regular run of the mill person like, uh, Forbridge that loathed going fast. Cause everything was about recuperating after occasionally riding your bike faster than at a leisurely pace. And maybe it was because Forbridge had fallen in love. Uh, 
and taking some time off work that this just seemed uh, too extreme. Uh, and maybe because for a split second, Forbridge thought, when I'm going to be able to go fast and, and be free because my heart's been running free mostly. And it's been in the arms of another who I feel like has seen me or, or has had a glimpse into me that uh, I'm aware that this is, uh, you know, this is just a kind of whatever. I don't know. I don't have the complicated words to describe it. You know, part of a, a system, a wheel uh, that the Khaleesi would t- say is not uh, acceptable. But Forbert went along with it because... Uh, this a lot of these thoughts were still bubbling, and I'm only able to put them together because I get to tell the tale and try to, you know, this was a training, and, and it didn't just happen in one minute. Just like uh, Forbridge didn't fall in love with the nameless person they were in love with uh, in a minute. It, you know, it only took two few days. Uh, this training took a few weeks. And it kind of worked out because the Forbridge had said, well, I swear, sworn to secrecy of secret bike club. So even like uh, going back to Shaved Ice Place uh, to see uh, Dimpolina, uh, it'd be easier if her name was like Mia, but uh, like Dia, uh, Dia. And she said, well, how'd your first day back at work come? Thanks for coming uh, in your regular clothes. And uh, Forbert said, I don't work there anymore. I've been like, go, I'm working at a, you know, my uncle's shop now. Uh, you know, working on leisurely bicycles. They can all, you know, but, you know, govern you know, bicycle governance uh, 101. You know, that way I could keep paying the old BL, BLs, uh, and she laughed at that, uh, and she said, so you're not on Bike Squad anymore. And she was very happy about it, uh, so happy about it that Forbes said, well, I didn't realize it's such a big deal. Why is it such a big deal to you that I'm not on Bike Squad anymore? And she said, it just is, and she kissed him, and she said, you'll understand uh, when you meet my family. And Forbridge said, uh, oh, boy, I'm going to meet your family. Barely ever talk about them. And she goes, well, I have a not, you know, she goes, my family is, uh, she goes, don't worry about it. And Forbridge said, okay. Now, meanwhile, back at the, the secret bike squad, they said, uh, you know, we're, 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 there's this, you know, group of people that ride their bikes really fast. Uh, furrow, they call themselves the furrow free. And, uh. We also suspect that they're doing other stuff and making money doing it, uh, and uh, they're representing without being taxed, uh, which is, you know, that's not going to fly. So we want you to get get all the info you can. And they showed Forbridge to the, the, the members of this. Uh, uh, and the person that Forbridge had met was pretty low down for a free. But, you know, it was uh, this guy, uh, um, uh, Don, and uh, a couple other people. But Don was the leader. And it just ha- so happened that the next day was the day uh, uh, Forbridge was supposed to eat dinner with uh, 
Dia's family. And, of course, uh, went over and Dia met Forbridge at the door and hugged him and kissed him and said, I want to show you around. And she said, this is my cousin. This is uh, her partner. This is, you know, uh, old Squiggles. Uh, you know, don't worry, Squiggles is a real grouch. Uh, you know, and then and then went out to the backyard and said, this is my the heart of my family, my brother Don. And uh, Forbert said, wah, wah, you know, and then t- Don turned around from the grill and it was Don from the um, secret bike squad uh, that they're looking into. And, th- and then Forbert realized that a lot of them had uh, furrow, uh, whatever, furrow free jackets, uh, and uh, Don said, I heard you used to work for a bike squad. You got fired and uh, whatever. Forbridge said, yeah, like I, I like uh, I tricked out my bike and uh, I went too fast too many times. And then I would, yeah, like, uh, so they let me go. And Don just laughed uh, and said, well, it's good to have you here. Dia seems to love you. Maybe I'll learn to like you or tolerate you. Hardy, har, har. And this pattern went on for a little while. And meanwhile, Forbridge did not tell work that uh, he's hanging with the... But uh, they said, we want you to get in and and get into these uh, furl-free races uh, where you could earn some money. We'll even stake you. And eventually, you know, Don and and, and uh, uh, Forbridge became kind of not buddies, but close enough to say, hey, why don't you come out to the what we do at night uh, to our bit larger family? And Forbridge said, OK. And they went out uh, and it was actually like a beautiful, like a biking festival. There was bike races, but there was also, you know, different styles of bike races uh there was family stuff. Uh, it was wholesome. I mean, there was a section where you say, okay, that's a, like a, but like for the most part, it was like a, an experience. Uh, and there was a lot of equipment, you know, helmets and elbow pads and knee pads and bike repair, scrape cleaning. And uh, Forbridge said, what, what is this? And he said, this is a furrow free club kid. He tapped him right on his furrow, and he goes, uh, he goes, no furrows allowed, uh, hardy, har, har. And uh, Forbridge said, well, that's just the way I am. And Don said, we'll see if we can't do something about that. I want you to uh, go on a dirt bike race with me and uh, and go as fast as you can. And they did, and then they did it again the next weekend, and then they did, you know, different races. But Forbridge started to see that this was its own belief system, uh, that this was a community. I guess it was an unstructured belief system, but they believed in uh, going fast and free and fun, for you know, but in a way that uh, supported one another. Or yeah, if you, you you know if you got the, the, if you rode on the dirt, sometimes the dirt rode on you. But family's there to pick you up, right? I think that's what Don said one time. And now, meanwhile, uh, Forbridge was pretty good at these bike races, uh, different ones. Uh, 
And so Forbridge started to earn some money. Uh, and then Forbridge said, uh, what, what do I do with this money? Because, uh, and Don said, well, you, ha- you don't have very much right now, so don't worry about it. But eventually, like, uh, it depends on if you want to be, like, uh, you're outside of the system now, kid. And so you have to figure out a way to put the money back in the system or you remain outside the system. And Forbes says, what's the system? He said, well, there's a, we live in a place where there's an official belief system and a, an official government. Uh, and they like to take money twice a week, you know, w- you know, four times a year and on Sundays, uh, too. And in a non-optional manner. And so... But this is not, you know, because this is kind of its own, it's not its own belief system. We don't run counter to their beliefs. Uh, I mean, I guess we do, but we, uh, just because we believe in riding fast and safe doesn't mean it negates them riding at a leisurely pace. You understand? And Forbridge said, ever since I met your sister, I understand right here. And uh, Dom, Don cried a little bit because he said, because uh, that's where... Your furrow melts away, by the way, right there. And he hugged him. And uh, and he said, explained to like how the, that's what the shaved ice stand did, but it also generated its own money and uh, Dia liked running it and came up with their own, you know, mixes and all that stuff. And, but eventually, you know, Secret Bike Squad was saying, you got to get some results here, man. Like, uh, and then they started putting a secret biker on him. So then what happened was they figured out the shaved ice thing first. Uh, and me and Dia got it in trouble, but no one knew why. Not even um, uh, Forbridge at first uh, till he went over to meet her for a date. And Don said she got uh, run in because uh, Somehow they figured out uh, about the shaved ice uh, being a business. Uh, you know, the no shaved ice place could generate, you know, $40 million a year or whatever. And I guess that's, you know, and Don was mad at Don's self uh, instead of anybody else. And, you know, just uh, said, I knew we should have expanded. And uh, Forbes said, 40, no, and Don said, I'm just kidding, but too much, uh, not enough shaved ice. Uh, Needed more than one banana stand, as they say. So then Forbridge uh, went back, put, you know, three and three together and went back to Secret Bike Club and said, what do you, you've been following me? And they said, you're darn right we've been following you because you haven't been following the rules, kid. Uh, we were aware that you're sitting at, you know, that you made money. Bike, you, we could see the joy in your heart, uh, Look at this picture. Your furrow has decreased 80% uh, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then it was really boring part of the because then uh, Forbridge had secretly been getting a patent based on their, um, what, like all their work uh, with the, the, the flick stands uh, because they ended up there was way other applications and uh, so, uh, and also Forbridge had hired forensic, like, uh, numbers people. And they said, actually, like, the, the, the shaved ice stand has paid everything. Uh, and in some sense, it's, uh, it's not even, like, I guess it's a misrepresentation. 
Because this was all being done in the secret bike courts, you know, CBCs or whatever, or SBCs. And uh, uh, Forbridge uh, was like, uh, so uh, this isn't going to stand. I'm going to do something about this. Uh, And then what happened was they leaked the things to Don, the secret bike squad, to to, to, to totally uh, put... uh, so that uh, Forbridge would have no other options. And then there was this big chase uh, where Forbridge was chasing Dom, Don, and they, you know, they're chasing each other. And uh, like uh, Forbridge said, well, listen, uh, like finally they, they were like, why are we chasing each other when we should just talk this out? Uh, and Forbridge explained everything. First, Don was really upset. And he said, we have to race for it, uh, the forensic audit uh, and uh, and everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, and if I win, you give me all the audit stuff and you never see my, you never see D again or me or anybody. And, uh, and but before we said, I got one other piece of secret, you know, leverage. Uh, and Don said, I don't want to know about it because I don't trust you anymore, you know, but I kind of do. Well, I love you, but I don't trust you. And meanwhile, me and my sister are, you know, in trouble because of you. And Forbridge said, okay, well, uh, if I win, I want to be part of the family uh, forever. Meaning, you know, your sister and I will get married and uh, you'll accept me and accept, you'll see that uh, I'm trustworthy as a person, not perfectly trustworthy. But even my career at Secret Bike Squad was built on untruths. Uh, so they had this big race. It was a multi-stage race, uh, multi-type of bikes. Uh, of course, Don dominated the whole time. But there was a section that was m- like through a mud thing. And what happened was... Uh, Don had this huge lead, uh, so that they and they said when I go through the mud thing, uh, you have to go at a slow, leisurely pace uh, to get through the mud. But as long as I have this giant lead, there's no way this kid's ever going to catch up. And it was the last stage of the race because it was like it takes focus to ride your bike through this deep mud at a leisurely pace. Uh, so Don's focused. Now, meanwhile. They set all the rules, and uh, no, Forbridge was listening. So as soon as Forbridge hit the, the mud, Forbridge picked up the bike, which was very heavy. And this is why no, it wasn't a rule. It was like it, for most people, it would have been impossible to run with the bike through the mud and catch up with Don. But not so for Forbridge uh, because of their excellent fitness, steely blue eyes, and... Uh, their experience at running and probably running with a bike at other times that didn't make it in this story. And so Forbridge won the race, just barely got on their bike and rolled across the finish line right before Don. And then told Don about the patent on the kickstand or the flick stand and uh, that uh, they had a patent and uh, it was powerful, uh, multi-use device and that even though there was no separation of belief systems and governance uh there was a third you know there was the third uh power or whatever they call it uh 
with, uh, you know, where stuff was decided like that. Uh, that's why the forensic edit went, or audit went so well, too. And now they had this patent. They couldn't just take the patent from me. They'd have to compensate me. And they'd already started putting these flick stands on every bike in the department, on Bike Squad and Secret Bike Squad, and even Kitty Bike Squad. And Don said, so? And said, said so I'll give him a patent uh, in exchange for uh, them realizing that there was nothing, you know, that uh, we'll just close down the shaved ice business uh, and all be good. Uh, you know, and then we'll go back to, and, and Don said, I'll have to think about it. Uh, and he needed some time. Dia needed some time. But, you know, love and family, they always meander their way back. Uh, so when they realized that uh, Furlbridge's uh, plan worked, they were all amazed. And uh, eventually they all held each other back in open arms and happiness uh, as one big family. The end. Uh, and that was the story of the fast and furrowous. Uh, good night.